Of course, I would be more forgiving of CBS if they put out anything worth a shit. <laughs> you know, hey, hey, return hey. for it, you know. They're making those Star Trek shows people seem to be big fans of. Bazinga. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, and, you know, and there again, Star Trek, that's not, you know, that's, it's niche. It'll, it's it's more, less niche than it's ever been, but it's still niche. And yeah, I get that. I'll throw down the gauntlet to enrage the Star Trek fans. Your fucking, like, early first generation show, that, like, critically acclaimed, super fan beloved new show you're watching, there's not a goddamn chance enough people sign up for CBS All Access to actually fund that show. No, no. That show is built on the backs of Big Bang Theory and, like, other and shit. And reality like that. bullshit. Yeah. Reality bullshit more than Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory actually has a fucking cast that they have to pay. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, you paid on reality TV too, but that's a separate topic. Yeah, I mean, but it's a smaller cast, and it's yeah, smaller I, everything. Yes, like uh, no. F- what I'm saying is like the same show that people are super outraged about. Like, ah, they're making fun of us Star Trek fans. Yeah, it's funding Star Trek. Yeah, it's fun. That that thing is fucking. Every time Sheldon says Bazinga, Star Trek goes. We got another season. Yep. <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> yeah. Did I use it right? Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 174. I have returned from the desolate lands of the Shadow Realm. You actually watch Yu-Gi-Oh? I have not. Okay, so which of the where the hell were you's that were wrote in did you pick as your winner? Um... Somewhere between the Shadow Realm and the Anthem game lobby. He didn't write I in about either of those. Huh? No one wrote in about either of those. Really? That's disappointing. We had several uh, ones that were better than that. Uh-oh. Yeah. I was lost in a parking lot of a Shakey's. Wait, did <laughs> you not listen to the first ten minutes of the podcast so you could pick a winner? <laughs> no. You lazy fuck. I haven't listened to this week's podcast yet. Fair enough. Okay, so give me a summary. I don't remember them anymore. I'll go back and listen to it later. Fair enough, we'll have a winner next week. (laughs) Yes. Hello and welcome to the Weekend Awesome Cast, episode 174. I am Alex, a.k.a. Mave Online, back and better than ever. And the bar wasn't that high up, so really you're not Yeah, it's it's like a a tripping hazard really than anything else. Yeah, like a speed bump of podcasts, if you will. Yeah, I am also joined here today with Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak Undivided, and of course, uh, Henry, a.k.a. Nomad Har, also a.k.a. Kraken Zero. Hello. Yeah, and we're here to deliver the best gaming news in a not-so-good way. Is that a good way to describe us? Sure, as the editor for this (laughs) podcast, I feel a tad attacked, but okay. (laughs) It's not you. It's me. Yeah, last week's initial upload maybe says it is me, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, it be we're back. You're in this. <laughs> uh, we've got we've got some pretty good news this week. Some good stuff. It's nice. Some EA doing EA things, of course, because uh, you know EA. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> yeah, before we go into that, since I was gone, I would love to hear about your week. I didn't do much since last week, really. I, it's you and I both played Shadow Keep, so 
I guess that would probably be a transition point between me and you at that point. Uh, we just want to, I, I played Call of Duty Mobile. Call of Duty Why would you check yourself? I, I've I heard was, that's actually pretty decent. It's not terrible. I'm not sure I'd call it good, but it's not hmm. terrible. It is better than most other shooting games on a mobile phone I have played in my life. It's serviceable. It resembles some version of fun. I <laughs> I could not tell you a ton about that game. I, It is indeed Call of Duty on your phone. It's got all of the maps that people that know stuff about Call of Duty would know, like uh, that one on the boat and that one in the town, and it's got the guns and the military-looking people. I I, okay, so it's it's a bit of a weird game, because I fucking dominated that game. Not that I'm good, but that I've played a first-person shooter before, I think, is my skill cap in that thing. Mm. Uh, it's mm. So, uh, there's no controller support, it's uh, thumbs on face of your phone, doing the imaginary joystick swiping, etc., etc. Uh, it's um, a, a number of uh, kind of encounters in that game can be diffused by ducking, because aiming in that game is not super great. I, mm. There is a... So, there's no firing button. You automatically start shooting when your gun kind of scans over a person, and there's like a... There's an AOS, or sorry, ADS, an aim down sights mode, that is much more precision-y aimy. I, it, you can aim, and that, I think that's my advantage. I'm taking the time to actually aim, and doing quite well in the game as a result of that. I, it's, I have earned numerous kill streaks and like dominated most of the matches I've been in because I bother to fucking do that, I guess is maybe the way of thinking of it. I There's some weird stuff, like occasionally you see people sniping in the game, and I'm like, but why? The, the range of all of these guns is ridiculous. <laughs> like, too ridiculous? I, It's better than Mario Kart Tour was. I, It is fucking ripe with microtransactions. Like, it it is thick and heavy with microtransactions, and it's a little bit gross in that regard, but I also don't know if Call of Duty is just like that at this point. I, It is the most fun I have had with a mobile game in a while, that's, especially when it's pretending to be a mobile version of a more established franchise. Like It's fine. Like it, I had fun with it. I played it for a couple hours. I've been playing it on and off. It is a thing you can do. The match lengths are a little longer than maybe I want them to be, but also... That also seems to be, be like, I, it's uh, I've been playing death matches where it's like team kill up to 50. I'm walking away with like 35, 40 of all the kills, typically. <laughs> of a team of five. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, and we're winning by like 20, 30 kills with some frequency. I, it's, m- maybe you'll get harder if I level up more in that game, but all I know is the match, like, it, if there is indeed a skill-based matchmaking, whatever I am doing is not showing up as skilled, because I keep getting dropped into matches that are like, okay, I'm just team-wiping constantly. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fine. It is definitely a mobile game. It is fun enough, I suppose. It's, it's interesting. I, if you're curious, it's free. I'm having fun. It's on Android and um, Apple, and I'm assuming iPad or other phone systems at this point. I... It wants to link with your Facebook, if I remember correctly. I think I have a guest account signed up for it or something. I don't know. I, I had more fun than I was expecting to it. I I heard about it. It was the, huh, I should check this out for the podcast, and then proceeded to play like three or four more hours of it and went, I'm not going to uninstall this just yet. This isn't terrible. 
I, if you're looking for a deep single player thing or something you're not forced to play dev against other players with, not the game for you. It is, best I can tell, 100% multiplayer only, but it's free and it's fine. And apparently you can play it on PC with a mouse and keyboard, which just makes you un like an ultimate god. Like there's some hack workaround for that, which is interesting. Hmm. But, yeah, obviously I've been playing another game a lot more. Destiny Shadowkeep. Destiny Shadowkeep has been fun. Moon's fucking haunted. Moon is indeed M fucking haunted. Moon is stupid haunted. It's really haunted. Yeah. I, so I actually played with Alex for a change. Alex joined me in my Destinying. I, have you played more since we played together or no? Uh, yeah, I've done a little bit. I cool. finished up some other side quest stuff that I had. Just yeah. I was going through it some more, but... Um, that was a great time yeah. to be doing that shit. Yeah, I'm working my way through uh, the main story still. I, yes. I feel like I need to get through that first. Yeah, I have... I, I would recommend that I've completed the... Uh, the the moon, the new, the shadow keep story arc, the, the stuff you do on the moon, hanging with Eris. I have completed mm. that. I am immensely satisfied with the story they tell on the moon. And if indeed the goal is that shadow keep is like, hey, here is the introductory story to what we're going to tell across the like this year's worth of seasons. Mm -hmm. It is exceedingly effective in setting all of that up and. It gives them a lot of places they can go. The ending for it is kind of a what the fuck. They do... Uh, there is... As much as I love Forsaken and Taken King, there is in some ways more story in this, like... You can probably bang the entire campaign out in three or four hours if you're really dedicated to it. I took my time with it, and it took three or four days of just kind of playing at home after work, and I was definitely being slow with it, just exploring and poking around. Like, there's mm -hmm. a lot there... I think there's more there if you've played, like, the more Destiny you have played, the more the Moon's campaign will mean to you. Like, there's some shit there that isn't even, like, that is references from, like, before Destiny 2 even happened. Like, it's, hmm. because the Moon has not been back since Destiny 1. Like, I, half the boss, like, all the bosses, except, for, like, maybe one or two that you fight on the Moon, are bosses from D1, and... So when me and Alex were playing, actually, I kept asking what dialogue he was getting because there's this thing called veteran dialogue in the game where your ghost is like smart enough to have known shit you did, and mm. the two are unbelievably different. Like the the uh, what I'll call kind of the non D1 veterans and the D1 veteran dialogue are just night and day. Like it's the the veteran stuff is just being like, "Holy shit, we killed you already!" constantly, and it's great. And then Alex was, was like, oh, that's this is so-and-so. And I'm like, what is it telling you? I need to know what the non-veteran dialogue for this <laughs> bullshit is. <laughs> yeah, there was a great moment where like, there, like, I think it was Eris was explaining uh, like the legacy of the uh, uh, Osmium Dynasty, which is the hive people you keep killing. And he got, and Alex got this story. Like, and you, I'm speaking for Alex. You can speak for his fucking self, I guess, too, if he wants. Like, it was the, like, it's a tale as old as time. Like, <laughs> you work with through your family, et cetera, et cetera. And my version was, you've been butchering this family for, like, ever since you came back to life. Yeah, she's pissed at you. You Damn. killed her grandfather, her dad, <laughs> both her uncles, her mom. No shit, Sherlock. I've been having a lot of fun with shit like that. Like it's, it's it's really fun. Like 
there's been the most veteran stuff, like the Guardian actually talks a fair amount in this game, which I'm super happy about. In some kind of messed up ways, a bunch of like plot stuff that's been dangling in the franchise gets tied up. I all of the quality of life changes they've made, except one I'm a big fan of, and I can't prove one isn't a glitch and or I'm not wrong about something. Like, I, I swear I had more I could carry more bounties at one point in time, but I could be totally making that shit up. I don't know. Like just the overhaul of the game is unbelievably impressive. I don't hate I I'm not deep into Armor 2.0 yet, but I kind of I like what they're doing with it. I it's the eShop, the, the kind of the collector, the, the shop is good, I think. The the loop is greatly improved where it's now about doing activities to get bright dust to buy, kind of monetary things. I, I I'm overall very pleased with it. I'm I'm very pleased what they've done for their first major thing post Activision. It's got a lot of heart to it, I think. It's Got lots of fun fan service. You feel cool while playing it at multiple times. Like for a veteran player, there's lots of fun throwbacks to stuff that like just feel left by the wayside. And it's back with a vengeance in this one. I the number of holy shit that thing's still there, or like oh we're about to go do X, aren't we? And then we went and did X. And I'm like yeah. I Destiny is now five years old, and it's kind of cool that they're willing to play with a nostalgic game of like, yeah, we had a game that ran for three fucking years, and then we made a sequel. We can reference that game that came out now and have people be like, if you don't know it, it's new content. If you do know what we're referencing, you're like, nostalgia! And like, oh shit, I get to kill Omnigal again? Fucking yeah! <laughs> yeah I got, playing with Alex is fun too, because there would be moments where like, I we fought Omnigal at one point when we were playing together, and Omnigal, for those who don't know, is a um, it's a hive wizard who's just known for her ear-piercing shriek. Like, any Destiny 1 player who was playing before a certain point in time, like, you just say Omnigal, and we all kind of shudder a little bit, because without fail, we all were playing with headphones at one point, and had the volume up a little bit too high, and she would show up and just blow your eardrums out kind of thing. And you were <laughs> like, well, I'm deaf now for this entire fight. Great. <laughs> and she showed up and Alex was like, what the shit was that? And I'm like, yeah, it's Omnigal. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun on it. Like, And the new armor system had me confused at first. I need to watch this. I need to get a little more yeah, informed on I'm it. I'm confused but... by it too, but in a good way. Like, I think I get what's going on. If there's one complaint I have, and it's such a weird complaint to have, it is that, like, you have to get through a lot of content in that game to for any of the kind of, like, game changes like Armor 2.0 to be relevant. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's, there's no reason, like, they've made upgrading your existence, they've made upgrading weapons and gear a lot harder, and there's a real argument to be made for you probably want to replace all of your armor with Armor 2.0 stuff sooner rather than later like you all your all your existing armor is totally viable so like i'm still using some of that gear but the mod system and how inner works and stuff is gonna is is exceedingly important especially with how like the artifact works like i'm assuming you don't have the artifact yet alex right no yeah i played easily six hours and like again like half of that was dicking around time not really focusing too hard on just doing moon stuff before i got the artifact like you have to make it, mm. a, you have to make it a decent distance into the season pass before the artifact shows up, kind of thing, and that changes shit in a pretty meaningful way. Like I, it's, I also didn't know I had um finisher mods 
for a surprisingly long time before the game. I was like, yo, we just gave you a finishing mod. Go equip it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, those things. Yeah, the finisher mods are pretty cool. Yeah. Do you have a finisher mod yet? You have a finisher, not a mod yet, I don't think, though. No, I have a finisher mod. Oh, you mod. do? Cool. It, uh, when you use a finisher, it reloads yeah! all your guns and generates one, primary that one's ammo. good. Uses one-tenth of your super bar. Yep. yep. That's what I'm using, too. Mm. Yeah. I, so, uh, probably the biggest change in some ways the game has is finishers. And I think Alex is a bigger fan of these than I am, but I think they're still cool I as shit. love them. I plan on spending my money to buy yeah. more of them I, because I like them. Which is how it should work. Not required, but I like the way it looks. Therefore, I will spend my money because I like how it I works. just got a badass, like, scissor kick one through the season pass. I'm like, okay, yeah. If they make the right mod, I will totally... If they make the right finisher, I will totally fucking buy it. They have a drop kick one. Yeah. You literally run up and drop yeah, kick I'm, the shit I'm, out I'm of looking something. at that one, I'm like, mm, Maybe. I'm drop kicking a fucking wizard. So, just you they're wait. pretty good. Doing that's real fun. Uh, fin- do the um the scissor kick move I have for um servers is pretty fun too. Mm-hmm. And so for those confused, the fuck a finisher is and why it's new to Destiny. Uh, they finally used the only button they weren't using on the controller, which was uh, uh R three, and you can now damage enemies to the point where you can now do a finisher move on them. And rather just being kind of a cool uh, Mortal Kombat style fatality, they have tactical things like it's the you can often take down a high health enemy a lot faster in some ways using a finisher, but the mod thing we were talking about is you can add little effects that like drain your super slightly to like generate heavy ammo for everyone, or everyone's weapons in your fire team reload and they have more primary ammo. It's it's really a cool thing that you and I think my favorite part is you don't have to engage with it. Like there's nothing in the game forcing you to use it. Like, you can turn off any mods, and it's just kind of a thing you have in the background, you can do whatever the hell you want, which I was using for a while, because I wasn't just crazy about losing that much super, but I, it is something I never knew I wanted in Destiny, that now they have it, I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Mm-hmm. This is fun. I don't think you can use them in Crucible, I at least haven't tried that hard to use them in Crucible, but if you can, that'd be real fucking cool. Use a finisher yeah. in Crucible? I'm pretty sure you can't. I don't know, I haven't tried it. But yeah, no, I'm through the story campaign. I'm trying to get into the actual season stuff, which is the Vex invasion. I th- this in a good way. This one, this expansion feels a lot more hands off than previous ones do. There's a lot of kind of like just go fucking figure this out. We're not telling you to do this shit moments, and I've really enjoyed those. I one thing I'm not sure if Alex even picked up. I only noticed it kind of by freak accident. There is a quest you pick up right when Shadow Keep starts. It is essentially a tutorial for the game. It explains, like, yo, you're at, like, so-and-so power level now. You can only increase your power level from these activities, which I found super fucking useful. It is quite Yeah. Yeah, I, lots of smart changes. The game feels great. I, it's the cross-save stuff, I think, has been a great boon, too. It's free-to-play now on PC up to a certain point. Like, I think for the most part, like, I guess including, like, the first mission of the moon. You can go to the moon without having spent money in that game. If you play the moon's story, you have to spend money. Same goes with uh, the Dreaming City and the uh, Shattered Shore. Yeah, I, if you've ever been curious about Destiny, this is a great time to start playing it. You have a, a, The free-to-play game version of it comes with just a shit ton of content. It's basically, it, it is all of year one of Destiny, which 
you're getting all the benefits of armor 2.0 and guns 2.0 and more supers and stuff i it's in a great spot like i and i think in a weird way like things have been like showing this in like an annoying way the game is at capacity with some frequency which i didn't know that game could do it has also been trending in the top um kind of for now at least like people watching it on stuff like twitch it's I think it's one of the top yeah, top concurrent player games right now on um, Steam right now as well. Yeah, I know it was big on Twitch because they were streaming the raid. Yeah, that's happening right now, technically. It, it's done now. I think someone, yeah, I was going to say, I think someone won. Yeah, they already won. It was a PC clan. Yeah, it's always a PC clan at this point. Yeah. No, it's... I, there's a reason they do three world firsts. Uh, the... The PC gamers have a slight advantage over the non-PC gamers, and its jumping is easier on PC because it's just a little bit smoother. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure it's a yeah. Like it's it's still the raids are still hard across the board. I've actually found PC gamers to be worse at raiding, which is a little depressing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's been most of what I've been up to. Who wants to go next? Sure, yeah. I can. Yeah, I'll go. Alright, so, um, I didn't get up to too much this past week. I, game-wise, I'm still playing Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters Daybreak special gigs. How uh, special are them gigs? There, it's, it's awesome. I really, the deeper I'm getting into the game, the more I'm liking it. So, it has the, definitely has the addictive, very, to me, very addictive tactical RPG parts where you can level up your individual characters, you can teach them new new kind of abilities, like, so, yeah, you and you can train, essentially. So, yeah, there's, so there's several mechanics that you can do in the office. Once you are a part of the group, the Ghost Hunters group, you have the ability to sort of train up on... There's tons of skills, and some of them involve, like, getting more, like, the ability to get more money per gig that you take part in. Because that's that's essentially, I mean, the thing is, like, you're a ghost hunter. Like, you actually hunt down ghosts, and you make money off of that, and make money in other, you know, things that basically are money, and you use them to buy more stuff. But yeah, but then you have abilities, you have tons of skills. Some of them also involve stuff for, well, you're also producing a cult magazine. Occult so, or occult? Occult. Okay. Occult. It's an occult. I'm like, huh, that's a weird turn. No, <laughs> occult, occult magazine. So you produce an occult magazine, and so and that's also part of it. And so some of the skills are related to that, like proofreading. That's a thing. That's a skill you can gain in the game. And so, and then there, and but you're, you have to have certain type of points to spend to get these to upgrade the skills. You upgrade the skills by training with another member of the squad, essentially. And that member essentially has certain skills that they can teach you. Or at least or increase your level on. So there's yeah, so there's a lot of room there. I mean there's yeah, it's it's now that I'm getting into the game proper, it's like, wow, there's a lot here. There's a ton So here. is there a normal kind of RPG style progression or is it just the training stuff to level your character? Um, there is, there is RPG style progression, that is, you have an overall level, as well as, but you have separate, separate levels 
for each of your abilities. So a separate experience, essentially, that you gain through for your abilities. And so, but yeah, there is an overall level that your character has as, as well. So it is, it is ridiculously detailed and in-depth. So, and, but in order to train, one of the ways that you can get points that allow you to train is there's a game within the game. There's a board game. It's like a, it's actually kind of a neat little board game. It's a, it's a four-player board, or no, five-player board game. And it's, it's basically themed like, all right, so the tide, I can't remember the name of it right now, but essentially it's, it, it's a four versus one game, so one person controls four ghosts, and one of those ghosts is sort of a main ghost. Okay. And then, and then the four other people play ghost hunters in this board game within the game, and each each of the ghost hunters has essentially an attack and defense or attack and movement points, uh, a base attack, base movement points that they can use. And each of them is based on sort of a trope of go- of a ghost hunter. So one of them is definitely a ghostbuster, like definitely ghost, just blatantly, it's a ghostbuster. One of them is brothers who are obviously the brothers from Supernatural, <laughs> and hunters, I, I like that. Yeah, they're they're the hunters. It's 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 obviously Dean and. Yeah, I mean, I, I so I'm I'm a fan of Supernatural, so, um, yeah, it's definitely the brothers from Supernatural, but it's just called the brothers. Mm. And then uh, the third one is just sort of a lone hunter type, which is I guess that's kind of your ban- yeah, Van Helsing. Van like, so it's it's the three kind of pop culture ghost hunters. And then one of them is a nun. The four pop so, culture know, exor- ghost hunters, Got it. you know, like you know, like ex- you know, exorcism type, yep. you know. So, so they kind of got that covered. So that's, but essentially, the way the game within the game works is, you don't, you can't see the ghosts on the board. It there's, it's laid out in a grid, and so your movement points allow you to move around. When you get close to a ghost, you can hear you, you will hear them of a sort. There'll be a clue beside the ghost's name. And so you can kind of figure out maybe where they might be. And so once you land on a square, you have the option to attack that square. And if a ghost is in that square, then you'll attack them. If there isn't, you just kind of swing and miss. And so so the hunters get a turn, and then the ghosts get a turn. But yeah, you don't get to see where the ghosts are or where they move. And so, but yeah, this, it is a, well, it's a, a, uh, asynchronous, you know, four on one game. But as a board game, and it actually works out pretty well. It's it's actually pretty fun to play. I'm terrible at it. Holy crap! I can't seem to kill any ghosts. But but yeah, the uh, but yeah, the board game itself. It's like it it would be hard to pull off the, as an actual board game because I, I, well, I guess not that hard. It's mainly that the ghost, the person controlling the ghosts would need an alternate way to keep track of where their ghost is instead of putting their ghost on the board proper. But yeah, that's that's the big thing. You don't... You, because, like I said, it's kind of like Battleship, essentially. That part of it reminds me of Battleship. You don't know where the ghosts are. You can't see them. You just have to kind of swing when you're in a particular spot. 
Also, each there's multiple tile types when you land on them that have different effects. Some of them have terrain effects like, you know, increasing or decreasing damage or healing you or some of them are just like just hard like they take more movement points to walk across. And so there's but yeah, that's it's within this already ridiculously in-depth detailed game, there's an in-depth detailed game board game. So yeah, this is I can see why this like didn't get super popular. I mean, it, you know, in the same way that this Gaia never, you know, is really popular, but it's not like everybody's played sure. it because I mean, well tactical regarded. RPGs. Yeah, uh, yeah, tactical RPGs aren't for everyone. They are super, super my thing. But yeah, yeah I'm still also terrible at the dating sim aspect of it. I don't always seem to be able to choose the right action to do when it comes up. It's like, I don't know what the... I still haven't figured out completely what all the icons do necessarily sure. or when I should use them. It is... That part of it has been the most obscure and confusing. So, the one thing I've managed to do well is shake people's hands. Like, when I meet them. Is <laughs> so I'll go to the okay. icon, so I'll go to the friend... So in the first, the first, first level of the menu is like, there's like a obvious one that looks like friendship. One of them looks like love. One of them just an eye, which I guess just means you're just observing. And then once you go into those, then there's several icons which are things to do like talk or use your hand, I guess. And so I've done the friend and then use hand, and I've successfully shook people's hands that I've met. So I'm like. Yay, I figured out is a thing that I should probably do. Instead, instead of accidentally, apparently, trying to kiss everybody I meet. Because I it, thought that icon was talk, not is kiss. Is it always handshake? Um, well, when I've used it, when I first met somebody, it's worked Okay, that so way. there's no chance it's going to be like backhand, but, but that no, fucker. No, actually, uh, no, I did one time, and I, it was, uh, I wasn't sure what to do, so I was just like, I'll try this. And it's just like, I just put my hand on the person, apparently, and they're like, they kind of responded as strangely as you would if I just suddenly just laid my hand on yep, your shoulder. that would be creepy. Yeah. Um, though, you do that in conversation, you know, you'll put your hand on somebody's shoulder or something, you know, that's the thing that happens, but I just, yeah, that part of the game, the dating sim aspect of the game, I'm still at a total loss on. It's like, yeah, I, I don't actually know the appropriate thing to, or the appropriate action to take part in. But yeah, it's, I love this game though. It's a great game. It, it came out two years ago, so it's not particularly new. Mm -hmm. But it is, yeah, it's been super fun. And I like the story. I like the characters too. Like it's, it's a, you know, the hunters themselves are a motley crew of outcasts as you'd expect for people that are both ghost hunters and people that run an occult magazine. So, I feel like yeah, one yeah. just serves the other. Like it's oh yeah, absolutely. That's it's obvious. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a cool cast of characters. The the system itself and the battles themselves. It's just really cool. And yeah, I'm def. I'm gonna continue playing that. I'm just kind of playing through a chapter at a time. So that's cool. So and as far as other games, I didn't really play too much more. I played some Slay the Spire with some mods. Because there, there's plenty of very cool mods for Slay the Spire. 
and then I can just pick it up. You know, it's a game you can just yeah. pick up and play for a bit, and doesn't matter. You know, it's not. Yeah. So, uh, as far as other things, I watched a show on Crunchyroll. I it's called As Miss Beelzebub Likes It. So it is a it it well as it as you may surmise from the title, it is about demons, it, but it's about super cute demons. And it kind of works like civil servants, you know, like civil servants, you know, like in the government, like working in a local government administration. And that's what it plays out like. So it's, yeah, it's just super kind of cutesy and it's heartwarming and it's nice. And the the way it portrays the demon world is it's, it's just like the normal world. It's just like there's just more magic involved and. But it doesn't even have that much magic going on in the show itself. It's just mainly like, here's the daily lives of civil servant demons. And the one in particular, the uh, Beelzebub, she is like super like into cute stuff and fluffy like animals, like dogs, like Pomeranians and stuff, mm-hmm. and alpacas, fluff, you know, like cute fluffy animals. And so that's her thing, and there's a there's a there's a pretty cute little cast of characters and yeah it's just kind of lighthearted and nice and but also it's like very much sort of slice of life if you're also have ever worked in a government job ever but yeah it's it's and this and oddly enough this is not the first show that I've watched about civil servants I've watched several now um anime like in particular, I've watched several anime about civil servants, but this one's neat because it has a little bit of a supernatural aspect. All the characters are named after some sort of famous demon, one or another, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's so that's it's it's fun and it's on Crunchyroll and yeah, I do I have Crunchyroll Premium account, so yeah, I can I I can watch the stuff without commercials and such, but which for me is worth it. But yeah, I yeah, it's a nice little show. I've been enjoying it. And yeah, I've watched it's not very long series. It's one of these one of those smaller run series, sure. so it's probably not going to get a second second thing. There are there's a couple of series that I'm going to be checking out that are coming out that are brand new coming out, but yep. All right. A band that I like quite a bit put out well just recently put out some new songs and uh, that are going to be on a new album, uh, the Cro- uh, Chromatics, a band called Chromatics, and you can check out their music on their on the YouTube channel for their label, which is Italians Do It Better Music. I uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of cool bands on there, and it's hard to describe what type of music it is. It's super chill though. It's very very chill, and it's. Cool stuff, and Chromatics put out some really cool music, so I'm a fan. But yeah, so yeah, and I, 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 yeah, even one of my friends mentions like you have an a, eclectic like mix of music that you listen to. And I'm like, yep, yep, yeah. There's there's probably some genres I hardly listen to at all, but I do listen to a lot of different stuff. I mean, I'm mainly known as a metalhead, but I listen to a lot more than metal. So, but yeah. But yeah, that's so. I was I was pretty excited about that. Like a video just came out on Friday. I was like, "Ooh, a new song!" And it was super cool. Uh, nice. It's a good song. Yeah. 
But yeah, I'd 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 recommend checking them out too. I I do listen to a lot of music. Music is definitely an important thing to me. But anyways, that's that's pretty much for my week. Alex. All right. Well, let's see. So last week, um, I had mentioned before that actually I had family come down to visit. Mm-hmm. So um, it was we had a lot of fun. We went to go check out Multnomah Falls, took them over to Trillium Lake, drove them through like downtown Portland for a bit, but not very long because I hate going through downtown Portland. Yep. Personally, <laughs> um, but like I was taking them like to uh, was it uh, one of the downtowns that I had near, and they're like it's like a sm- it's like the small towns in the movies. I'm like yeah, it's just a very <laughs> nice little wholesome small town. Like for example, if you ever if you ever Google Maps downtown Oregon City, it's it very much is that feel of like an old school movies. Like you could totally see like origin story of Captain America shot there or something kind of look. Um, even though his is New York, but it's like a small town kind of feel. Like it's really nice. So, um, I got to hang out with my sister's kid, who is nine months old, and she is adorable, and she pulls on my beard. <laughs> She's great. Um, so now everybody's been giving me like, oh, so you have be- like baby fever now? I'm like, ah, kinda. Like, uh, but it's just mainly because she's here and she's adorable. But. Yeah, um, it was fun. It was nice to see my family, and of course my family now is like, you know, your sister had a kid, when are you going to have a kid? Oh yeah, that conversation, I knew it was going to come up. But, um, yeah, no, overall it was really nice. Like, it was, I ended up taking the whole week off of work, so I was able to spend time with them, and I took them to a bunch of local places to go eat, um, which was really nice. We had some pretty good Thai place, uh, we had a pretty good, like, wine place, some steaks here and there, like, it was nice, and it worked out, too, because my dad's birthday was one of the days here, so. Uh, overall, we, we had a lot of fun. I also realized my family is very much like I am, where, like, if we schedule a specific time to, like, meet up and go, we'll be like, all right, well, it's around that time frame that'll work. So, my parents would hit me up just before, like, noon and be like, it's gonna be, like, 1230. I'm like, okay. And that drives my girlfriend a little bit crazy because she's super, like, time punctual. And I've always been a little more flexible at timelines. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, that was a good time. I didn't take a lot of pictures, but mainly because I've kind of had this, like, I've had this attitude recently about it where I kind of would just rather be there in that moment and enjoy it rather than just focus taking on tons of pictures everywhere. Well, pictures aren't bad, but, like, I just kind of like basking in the moment and stuff, so. Probably why I don't post as much stuff recently on, like, social media stuff. I post random bullshit instead of actual things. I just kind of sit around and enjoy stuff, so. Um, and, let's see. Took him back to the airport. That was a fun little adventure. My car died the day I was supposed to take him to the airport, so that was fun. Uh, good times. But, uh. Yeah, no, overall, real life stuff was good. I actually didn't raid on WoW that week either, and didn't really do a lot of stuff. I played a little bit of games here and there, but it's only when like they had gone to gone back to their hotel to sleep for the night kind of thing. So, um, But after they left, I did get some gaming then, and I'm happy to announce the guild is now 7 out of 8 Mythic uh, on Ashara, so now we are at Ashara, so that is going to be a fun fight when it comes to that, so... Uh, as we get closer and closer, I'm going to be streaming some more of it. 
but yeah, I just this week I was just kind of like that ah, on the streaming. Um, I did stream Tuesday though with Charlie, and we did have some fun Shadowkeep shenanigans. So hmm. that was cool. I did see that the moon was in fact very haunted. Stupid haunted. <laughs> I was a little sad. Really- There's some fun jump scares that just didn't happen. When I was hoping they were going to happen to Alex. <laughs> I know. So there was this one patrol that Charlie told me to go pick up, and I went to go pick it up, and I got it. And he's like, "Did it? Like, did it happen?" I'm like, "What? Like, what did it say?" I'm like, "Oh, I just kind of cried about something." And Charlie was pissed because when he picked it up, I guess the NPC screamed at him. <laughs> so I really um, light spoiler, but I, I so way <laughs> destiny. The the moon is handling this. This thing called patrols, and they're hot garbage typically when it comes mm. to destiny and. Uh, Forsaken fixed them a little bit, but on the moon, you are literally getting like little micro quests from ghosts, and the mm-hmm. ghost dialogue corresponds to what the quest is. So, if you get uh, one of the easiest mm. kind of patrols you can get is just kill a bunch of enemies, and the qu- dialogue that goes with those is it is a person like freaking the fuck out about how they're about to die to overwhelming odds, and it's creepy as hell. Whoa! That's yeah. that's actually pretty amazing. That's actually really cool. That's I, a neat idea. Again, like it's the to someone like uh, Alex, it's like, oh yeah, cool. Ghosts on the moon giving me quests, whatever. To me, as someone who's played a shit ton of Destiny and is like deep into that lore, it's like, oh shit, this is the original Moon Team we're dealing with. Fuck. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool because I guess it's one of those things where like these ghosts are trapped in the time before they died, kind of thing. Yeah. And they're just red floating spirits around the moon. Like, that's what mm, they yeah. are. So, like, they pop up here and there, and you like, you're interacting with them. But, like, yeah, it didn't scream at me, but I guess Charlie had one There, there are him. ones that are, like, super fucked up and, like, just rambling about how they're about to die and get torn from limbs, limb from limb and shit like that. It's, like, cool's the wrong word, but it's fucking cool. Like, and, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's creepy. Cool. Yeah, like, and me and Alex aren't just being like going along with the meme. We say the moon is haunted. The moon is legit haunted. Yeah, there are red <laughs> fucking ghosts everywhere. Fucking so. everywhere. We're not talking like you'll see one every ten seconds. They are literally everywhere. It's like man, and again, from lore standpoint of destiny, it's like yeah, thousands of guardians went to the moon and got snuffed out. It's like yeah, there are fucking thousands of ghosts here. Mm-hmm. And it's actually pretty trippy because like. I guess the main character, Eris, as she's walking around, she gets haunted by more and more ghosts. Have you seen so, like, the fucking point... meme that's inspired? <laughs> no, but like last time I saw her, she had five ghosts that were following her, yeah. and they just occasionally keep whispering shit to her, oh, yeah. and she eventually just like, leave me alone, yeah. and just yells out. So there's a, there's a porn actress named Piper Perry, I think, or something, who is this uh-huh. tiny, like, four foot five woman, there's, and there's a picture of her, like, it's her on a couch with, like, just, like, Ten huge jack dudes around her, and people keep yes, like, over, like that. putting that above the heiress thing, where it's like it's basically <laughs> the same thing. And I'm like, you're not wrong. It is. It is. That's fucking great. Oh, uh, but yeah, and it's also kind of trippy because like these ghosts, they don't have faces; they're just like red, like shades of like mist or well, whatever. So if you look like, close, well, they have- they're in the armor. Like they, they are. They're guardians. Like they have the guardian armor. Yeah, it's just yeah. like mm. super not detailed because they're ghosts. Yeah, it's like it's detailed enough that you could make out the shapes. Yeah. Like, okay, that's a head, that's shoulder armor. Well, you can go deeper. It's one's a titan, like one's a hunter, one's a warlock. You can tell what class they are. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's 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 fun, 
And I do like, like, there's one little detail I do particularly enjoy, and I don't think it gives enough, gets enough credit, but if you jump or walk through a red spirit, your vision gets distorted slightly. I have not done that yet because I've been deliberately avoiding doing that. I'm like, I ain't walking through no ghost. I've walked through as many as I can, Fair and enough. I thought maybe That's... it was the first thing cinematic, but if you walk through them, like, your vision gets darkened and distorted slightly. I did not, not know enough, they did that. That is fucking but, cool. I'm gonna have to go try that but now. But not enough where you can't see something. But like, you just... You, so you know how, like, when you go to the, um, when the, uh, is it the Vex who have those weird space portal yeah. things? Is the Vex hmm. or the Taken? No, it's the Taken. Oh, yes. The, have, yeah. So you know how you walk up to the Taken? Like, if there's a, a, a wall of, like, Taken space the stuff bubbles, there, yeah, and you go yeah. there. And your vision gets distorted because yep. it looks like you're looking through a portal. You know what I'm talking about, Charlie? Yeah, I, I do. Same concept with the ghost. Huh. But yeah. Mm, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a little it's little attention to detail like that that I particularly enjoy about Destiny 2 and all that. So um yeah, no, it's fun. I I I recommend it. Charlie recommends yeah, it. Yeah, it's uh, so good. So if you like the moon being fucking haunted. And again, yeah. like we're not talking like a light haunting. We're talking stupid haunted. We're, we're like like 13 ghost times a couple thousand. <laughs> a ghost squared level of haunted. Like, the ghosts are being haunted by ghosts. Like, the ghosts are like, <laughs> man, this shit is haunted and not just by me. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, like I said, I spent the majority of my week when I was gone with family and I had a good time. And now I'm back playing some video games. I'm probably going to play some WoW later today after the podcast, and definitely some Destiny 2. So. Yeah, let me know when cool. you get on, because I will happily play more. I'm kind of grinding stuff out at this point. Gotcha. Getting, yeah. getting back to my love of Gambit. I get my gear back <laughs> to not guard. That's been the hardest thing for me, is I'm running around in fucking just garbage, unoptimized gear, and I'm like, oh, this game <laughs> is so different, I can't get three supers to strike. Yeah, I need to study the fucking armor 2.0 setups so I can really. Make I it's good the first step it. is get to 900 and then go from there, because that's okay. the first soft cap. Gotcha. But yeah, other than that, um, that's it for me. I think we can jump into news now. Oh, right? can we? New- can we? News, news, <laughs> you say? News. <laughs> I don't even know where to start this week, so we're gonna start with sad Nintendo news. Mm. John Kirby, uh, a Nintendo lawyer who Kirby gets his namesake from, has passed. This is not news beyond the fact that, holy shit, Kirby's named after someone. Mm. I didn't know this. (laughs) I didn't actually know that. Neither did I. I'm like, huh, okay. I would have thought, like, when you say John Kirby, it reminded me of Jack Kirby, the guy from Marvel. I'm like, he's been dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. It took a sec to process that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, that, that sucks. Long time lawyer John Kirby. Not to be confused with Jack yep. Kirby like I did. Uh, and apparently he was an awesome yeah. lawyer. I mean, I'm looking at what he actually did. Like, he was he was involved in the civil rights era. Like, he is an important figure, apparently, there. So that's amazing. That's actually really cool. Yeah. I like I, reading about history. Like, a, a, a jokes aside about how Kirby's fucking named after him. Like, dude did a shit ton of good, aside from inspiring Kirby's name. Like, but also, as far as I now know, there's a Kirby scholarship fund out there, which is hilarious to think there's a Kirby out there being like, I'm going to suck things up and then give it to children so they can go to school. That's not dirtier than I intended it to. All right, what next? Let's burn through our quick ones, I guess. Um, hey, Henry, remember we talked about how uh, Rockstar's throwing their own launcher probably meant Red Dead Redemption 2 was coming to PC? 
Yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming to PC. Yeah! I might actually play it now. Though, not with my, there again, not with my current current setup. I don't, I don't know. The more time I've had from Red Dead Redemption 2, the more I'm like, I don't know if I actually want, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm happy I spent as much time playing it as I did. But you'll get to decide for yourself on November 5th. But it's coming soon. Hmm. That is real soon. Yeah, I, I think we talked about this last week. I, epic, not epic. Um, Rockstar just announced their own game launcher, and it's like, yeah, obviously this means Red Dead is coming to PC. Now, did you see the aggressive marketing campaign they have going on with that? Uh, no, uh, the, just the San Andreas thing, right? No, so like, okay, hold on, let me find that because so what they're doing is they're doing a one month exclusive with the Rockstar launcher. Oh as yeah, opposed sorry, to I thought you about something Steam. else. Yeah, it's Rockstar launcher exclusive at first. But you can then pre-order mm-hmm. on the Epic Games Store or the Humble Store. No, not it. Well, it's going to be on. It's are they going to be on the Epic Store? As yes, well? it comes to Steam, Steam in December. Yeah, and it's also but their coming first to launch Stadia is only the Rockstar Store. Yeah, it's it's exclusive to the launcher first. I honestly, I if I was them, I would just see how it does on their launcher first, and then go from there. Like I, I suspect we don't have to bother bringing it to other platforms ultimately. But we'll so, see. So yeah. They're offering a bunch of stuff too. Like if you get, uh, if you buy GTA, sorry, sorry, if you buy Red Dead Redemption Two, where was it? I was trying to find, uh, the article, but they were talking about how if you do that, you get free copies of a bunch of their other games as well. Sure. Hmm. So was it? Oh yeah. If you pre-order before October twenty-second, uh, you'll receive bonuses as far as free classic Rockstar games like GTA Three. Vice City, Max Payne 3, and you'll get a bunch of other stuff like for the other games, like special items or something. Like, so honestly, are- if I was then, I would just bundle this where it's like, hey, if you buy Red Dead, we'll give you Grand Theft Auto 5 for free. Yeah, it's, it's like a big push for you some You get people stuff, to move is- off Steam for Grand Theft Auto 5 forever. Hmm. So they get all of the shark money at that point. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. They're, they're going to push the... Uh, Launcher to it, but hey, I mean, the times they, they are changing. Everyone's got a launcher now. I, yeah, kind of makes you wish it was just the Epic Store and the Steam Store, <laughs> right? Hmm? Yeah, I mean, Fucking well, well I mean, you is becoming you more and more had, relevant by the second. You yep. already had Steam doing something with the Rockstar game launcher, anyway. So that has that yeah. always been a thing. Had it with Ubisoft games, it doesn't bother me. That's the thing, though. It's it, it's not, they still work. You can buy them side by side. My problem is the exclusivity and the shady shit that goes on with that exclusivity, which I've talked about. Several. But Alex, it's not on Steam first, which means it's bad. Yeah, a month wait, not so bad. A year locked out, that's a big fucking difference. No, it's bad. It Epic's still bad. Why are launchers ruining the game industry? Epic's still bad. Gamers rise up. Bottom text. Dude, I've been spending way too much time in Gaming Circle Jerk on Reddit, and it is beautiful (laughs) in there. Oh, no, you should go to the Gamers Rise Up subreddit. That one's the gamer. Gaming Circle Jerk is where the funny stuff that, like, out of context is, like, sigh funny gets brought to, because I don't want to deal with Gamers Rise Up. Because that's people being serious. Gamers Rise Up is absolutely, no, it's absolutely a fucking parody I don't think it is. Yes, it is. Everything I've seen on there, on that, there are some no, no, people there that are. I think it's are... funny for you. 
I think that stuff is serious. Uh, we can agree to disagree on that I, one. They post. I, some I will check it. I, that's the issue. Like I, I go to the ones that are intentionally making fun of those subreddits because, oh, good god. So then you, we need to start gamers rise up circle jerk. I, that's already gaming circle jerk. <laughs> huh, moving on from that. Uh, uh, what if I told you Call of Duty uh, Mobile already had 34 million downloads? Holy crap. Yeah. I Wait, guess people what, like that game. Call of Duty Mobile, the one I was playing earlier this week. Ah, damn it. Activision bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bottom tech. Uh, should every Activision that- game that comes out this year be like blah 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 video game subtitle Activision bad? Yeah, <laughs> well, just wait till BlizzCon. I'm gonna be like ex- wow expansion bad, yeah. but I'm still gonna buy that shit because I'm an idiot. Yeah, I got you hooked. I I at least know what my vice is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the first step is admitting it. Yeah, mm. but apparently the next step is admitting it and not really caring. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I guess speaking of admitting it and not really caring, that's a weird transition, but follow me on this one. Let's talk about Randy Pitchford and Gearbox in Borderlands 3. Uh, I, again, a reminder, there are many reasons to not like Borderlands 3. It yep. being on the Epic Store and not Steam is not one of them, because there are far more legitimate reasons out there yeah, to be mad at that game. I mean, I I haven't I have the Epic launcher, anyways. It that doesn't really matter yeah, to me. I, I mean, it's it's on I, my I'm more just continuing our with. bad joke, and I get a little yeah. reprieve this week at least because uh, the Randy Pitchford lawsuit, you know, the original one that alleged pedophilia and had flash drives lost in medieval times, and alleged medieval times was a restaurant and not an experience. Uh, th- that one appears to be going away. It appears. Uh, uh, Pitchford and the lawyer he was suing, whose name I'm trying to figure out, uh, uh, Wade Callender, have decided to settle, and by settle I mean a judge essentially threw the goddamn thing out of court. It was decided to be frivolous and dumb and a waste of the court's time. Hmm. Yep. Well, no, it's, it's, well, I mean, both sides agreed to a motion of dismissal. Yes, but so. there was more than that, too. Like, it's, um, where is it? There's, like, there's a court aspect of this where it can't be brought up again, either. Like, it's, it's not just mutual dismissal. Oh, yeah, dis- it's, it's been dismissed with yes, prejudice. Yes, that's what, that's what I'm trying to get to, yeah. Yeah. But both sides kind of requested that, and, hmm, I, I don't know what to think about that, other than probably... I mean, the, the problem is, I'm going to say that the 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 plaintiff, uh, Wade Callender, probably doesn't ultimately have the money to go up against a, a multi-million well, you know, dollar company like Gearbox again, Software. Let's remind you of how fucking weird this lawsuit is. Like, it started off oh, yeah, as yeah. Wade Callender was terminated for appropriating funds for a whole variety of weird things, ranging from, like, high-end food to gym memberships, and the countersuit yeah. included alleged, uh, allegations of pedophilia, uh, appropriating Gearbox funds to make weird additions to his house. Uh, this is on the Randy Pitchford side of things. Uh, just kind of yeah. all types of crazy stuff. And like part of this um, uh, kind of 
um, with um, Prejudice thing is the fact that it's basically said, like, remember, uh, Gearbox is not a publicly traded company. Randy Pitchford has a lot more rights to the money there kind of thing than he would if it was a non-publicly traded company or if it was a publicly traded yep. company. Like, it's... Never forget, like, and this is kind of a weird thing to remember, if you are the sole owner of a company, it's your company, and you can run it into the ground if you want. I don't recommend doing that. Yeah. But... Yeah. But so that's the end of Gearbox lawsuit news this week, right? Uh-huh. Yeah! Uh, right? If, if my fake joke hadn't queued you in, uh, Gearbox is facing another lawsuit hot on the heels of that previous lawsuit. Uh, take us away on this one, uh, Henry. Alright, so, we have now Bobby Prince, who is the composer behind the soundtracks of Doom, Wolfenstein 3D, Duke Nukem 3D, and many more, has filed a lawsuit against Gearbox. So this is a guy who's done a lot of, a lot of modern work in music. And so the lawsuit essentially is saying that Gearbox used his compositions in a Duke Nukem 3D release, but did not compensate him for his work. So he didn't receive any any royalties. Ooh. And so specifically, even... All right, so... Yeah, it, it says that Gearbox and Pitchford himself admitted that they don't have the actual license for the music that they used in the Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary World Tour, which is a, you know, a re-release of the game, and then refused to remove his music from the game when he asked them. So, uh, Valve is also embroiled in this one because he had his lawyer, Prince had his lawyer, in sh- uh, uh, send a takedown notice to Valve, you know, to take down the game, the this 20th anniversary, whatever, version game for Duke Nukem 3D, so... Yeah, so what it comes down to is, he created music and sound effects th- for the original Duke Nukem 3D game, and we're talking about the one back in the mid-90s. And his agreement that he had with him was actually that he remain- he retained his rights. So it wasn't like he created the music, you know, which is, there's a very common thing in, you know, making it for games and for movies where, it's, or especially for games, where it's like you write some music, but it's just kind of, mm, the ownership remains with the company. But in this case, he kept the ownership of the music he created for Duke Nukem 3D, and he receives, should receive royalties for it. So Gearbox re-released you know, this old 90s, you know, version Duke Nukem 3D, but did not acquire the proper license to use his music and is not has not been paying him royalties. So this one's, I mean, this one's not in the weird, you know, out there, you know, like that other lawsuit that we're just talking about. This one's pretty clear. This one's pretty darn clear. So, I mean, this one's going to be an open and shut case, it sounds like. Like, he all he has to say is, here's the paper saying that I own this music, and here is the absolute proof that I'm not getting paid for it, that you didn't get the right license. Yep, so he so that's that's that lawsuit. This one sounds like a this one's a pretty simple one. The the composer, uh uh Bobby Prince, made the music, owns the music, 
document he has documentation showing that yeah i still own the rights to that music and i'm owed royalties for your re-release of that game because it includes my music and but the suit also alleges that he went to them he did go to them and say hey this is you know my music's in there you got to pay me and they're like yeah and they kind of apparently said they they would eventually get the proper license they never did so that's that's this this is a much much simpler case this one's a very yeah this one's like yeah yeah it sounds like that's pretty much what happened and that's pretty scummy considering that it wasn't a issue of ignorance that is which you know at this level you know for a company of that size you you, you aren't ignorant of the legal and monetary issues with a you know re you know getting the rights to a game and releasing it they went i mean they discussed things but apparently i mean according to you know there again allegedly according to prince they you know they said that they were going to do it then they you know get the proper licensing but then they didn't and then didn't pay him anything so that's that's pretty scummy and but pretty clear i think he's just going to win this case so yep well done way to still be complete garbage randy pitchford stop buying his games please god <laughs> i mean this is i just you know, i just have to say it again don't buy games from bad people. Don't buy products from bad so, people. Like, Why guess, do people like, keep doing this? They'll never learn. You'll never teach them a lesson if you just say, uh, if you slap them on the wrist, but then here's $50 million. Let's throw the asterisk so there is alleg- this is a filing. There's no been ruling on this yet. Let's, I hate to be the voice on but this But we know one. he's garbage. But we know he's garbage, and this one's pretty clear. Yeah. I'm going to say that this one's going to come out. They're just going to lose this case. We'll see. But it's... But Randy Pitchford is a garbage human being, and that's well established, and we shouldn't be paying him money. Nobody should be paying him money. Yeah. Ross, at the same time, remember Gearbox is made up of more people than Randy Pitchford, but yes, it is. As we say every time we talk about this type of stuff, these are things we now have to consider when we buy games from Gearbox. Yeah, Which I mean, sucks. well, I've always considered that. I mean, I, I on pretty much everything I've yeah. but in any case... But yeah, um, but you know what? You know, oh, we're not done yet. Of, yeah. Oh, there's more. Oh, there's oh. more. So, I thought this maybe broke last week. We just didn't talk about it, but maybe it's more recent than that. It's so Troy Baker was supposed to voice Reese because he helped develop the character of Reese for Tales from the Borderlands, uh, and he did not return for that role because, in Randy Pitchford's words. No one will notice if it's not him, and they didn't want to go through the process of dealing with SAG after and all that jazz to get kind of returning voice actors in the game. It's this one's pretty fucking scummy, especially because if you go and play Tales from the Borderlands, Reese is one of the two main characters, and Troy Baker has a mm-hmm. fuck ton of lines as a result. Yeah. yeah, and but apparently, yeah, I mean, like they had discussions with SAG after, you know, yeah. the you know, the you know. And they confirmed that Gearbox refused to even talk with them about un- about you know running a union yeah. you know union system about about hiring and union because remember this is not the first time the that Gearbox has just kind of chosen to I don't want to say slight but I can't think of a better word right now returning voice actors for various characters like Claptrap 
Love him or hate him, had yep. a different voice actor because they weren't willing to pay a guy that voiced him previously kind of industry rate because he no longer worked for Gearbox. Yep. But yeah, that's the thing. It's like, this is, this is clearly an anti-union move because the thing is, is like union members, I mean, I know this, you know, I know people that are SAG and they can't take a non-union role. They can't take a non-union gig. They can only accept union work. Well, they're not supposed you know, that's, to. It's... Yeah, they're not supposed to. That's, you know, that's solidarity, you know, and for good reason. I mean, especially voice actors. And I'm glad that SAG covers voice actors. They have for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Because voice actors are often underpaid, underutilized. It's just, you know, not well respected. You know, yeah, I think we talked we, about, we, I think this was before you joined the podcast, Henry, but there was a big ongoing situation involving him. This is after you joined. I, voice actors and unionization and kind of the video game industry was a big topic for a while. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but the thing is, see, originally Gearbox said he turned it down. He just turned down yeah. the role. And that, there again, super scummy. Way to be scummy again, Randy Pitchford, you freaking scumbag. Yeah, and so instead of disclosing that we're, he had to turn it down because we don't want to hire union people. And that's, that's garbage. And, yep, well, way to still be garbage there again. Don't buy from this company. They're terrible. I mean, this, one's, this one especially irritates me. It really makes me angry because I am a strong supporter of unions in general. That's, you know, I've, that's, I've made it really clear here on the podcast because I've talked about the, you know, the need, and we've all talked about the need for you know, there to be a video game developers union. But, yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing. So, I mean, we're going to see this. Let's use that as a transition point, I guess, because we have another union topic mm-hmm. this week. Uh, yep. We're going to jump across the ocean to the UK and their independent workers union. Uh, they filed allegations. They've accused um, us two games of union busting. Us two is most famous for Monument Valley, a mobile game that I'm a huge fan of. But, yeah, so, you're kind of our resident expert on union shit, Henry. You want to cover this one? All right, so the report says that a senior programmer at, at US2, uh, Austin Kilmore, who's also one of the, who's the branch chair and founding member for the union's division, for the, for the independent workers union division that's specifically for game developers called the Game Workers Unite branch, suffered victimization and unfair dismissal. And so, yeah, that's, mmm, that's, that's not good. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that is union busting. When you fire somebody for being a part of a union, that's union busting. So, yeah, as I said, this is a person who is integral, uh, you know, very integral to rolling in game developers into the independent workers union. And so, yeah, according, according to the report, and this is a report from the independent workers union. So the US2's human resources department, they didn't like his focus on company feedback, diversity schemes, and working practices. Ooh. It feels that Austin is a self-appointed bastion of change and sometimes speaks on behalf of others. That's, yeah, oh, oh, even worse. All right, so there's an update on this, too. So this is, this is a, uh, so a union rep 
has has made the statement that Kelmore did not have access to the rep because he didn't know the initial meeting was disciplinary. So that's oh, that's even more scummy. So he didn't he didn't actually have yeah ah wow that's yeah I mean that's that's clear that's yeah if his allegations are true and it sounds like he has some proof because of the letter from HR from the like, HR department yeah. Of course, you know, you know, uh, us two are completely refuse, you know, saying that no, we didn't, you know, that's that's totally, un, you know, not true. Of course, they're going to come out publicly and say it's not true, but, but yeah, this isn't so. And they're trying to say, oh, this is just one guy, but he's, but there again, union, you know, the you know the strength of unions is that he's not alone. Like the union is coming out in full support, full throated support of him. And saying that, yeah, this this was clearly union busting. This was clearly them getting back at him for being a part of a union and being a major part of a union. Because, yeah, the language in the in the HR email is clearly clearly referencing the fact that he is he's basically a leader in a union, at least in a branch specifically for game developers. So that's that's. That's really scummy, so... Hmm. But yeah, that's... But there again, it's like, he wouldn't have this power. I mean, he wouldn't have the power, you know, this backing if he wasn't a part of a union. Like, this would have just been squashed. He would have just been out of job and had no recourse, really. But in this case, yeah, now he does, and he has the weight of a, you know, a rather large union in England standing, you know, right, right beside him, so... Yeah, I mean, yeah, we need to unionize. Bernie Sanders even supports unionization of game developers. Of course, he's always been in favor of unions, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's, yeah, when you have a group, you know, there again, and it gets into kind of what I mentioned earlier in that, like, a single person going up against a company, they're just going to outspend you. And but when you have a group with you, a large group with you, it's like now the company kind of has to listen to you. They can't just write you off and say, "Ha ha, we'll just we'll drown you in court." So, yeah. So there is, uh, and oh, so there's there's actually a kind of they put a time limit on this too. They said that us too has to take back their decision, the firing decision. Before well, two days ago, October fourth, before they initiate legal legal proceedings, I'm going to say that us two didn't back down because it's clear that they aren't backing down. I I don't see an update on that, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, the legal proceeding is you know the le- the uh, case is going to proceed. So there you go. I mean, that's why unions are important. Indeed, it sounds like. He- Sounds like all he was doing was standing up for like things that should be stood up for. Yeah, I'm sure we'll hear more about this. All right, this one could turn into something big, hypothetically. Yep. Yeah. Moving on from that to something a tad lighter. They're remaking House of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. everyone's favorite arc. I'm just curious as how they're going to do the light guns. I assume we'll get more light guns. But I mean, you know, they they. They, there's not light gun that works with LED with LC, L, you know, LCD TVs yeah, or LED switch, TVs. Yeah, uh, not the switch. The Wii worked, and that could be used as a light gun. Like, yeah, you could use the same tech. 
you can. I mean, you but yeah, you would have to actually come out with hardware, and so that's that's a tricky one because hardware there again, there's you know you'd have to manufacture that, you know, and so that I'm not saying that that's impossible to do. I'm just saying oh, that it's unlikely as hell. It's tricky, yeah. and it's also, uh, yeah, it's uh, all right. So I've I've actually done a you know disclosure here. I've done a bit of work with Wii remotes and using them on a computer, actually, like using. And so I know a lot about the technology and exactly how it works. I mean, essentially all it is, is the Wii, inside the Wii remote is an infrared camera. And what's known as the Wii bar is actually all it is, is it's two infrared lights. That's it. And that's how, and it uses those to triangulate the, uh, the approximate position of the Wii mode itself. Hmm. And it uses the accelerometers inside of it to determine where it's pointing. And so with all those calculations, like the angle, which you can get from the accelerometers, and the, and the two dots, or the two lights, the infrared lights, you can get an approximate position of where, it's, where it is, like where it is in space, like up, down, especially. Not necessarily forward and backwards, that's a little more no, well, it can get that too, essentially, but it, it can use those, you know, basically as two data points for that. And then, yeah, with the uh, accelerometers, it can get sort of the way it's, you know, which way it's tilting. So you can get an approximate of where is this actually pointing? And that's, I mean, the Wii Remote works relatively well for that. But yeah, the, but yeah, you can actually substitute two candles if you needed to, if like if you didn't have a Wii bar, because fire gives off infrared light and so yeah so i've done that before i've actually just set up like a couple of candles and yeah it, it works exactly the same but yep but yeah i yeah it'd have to be something like that because as we know there's there's no scan lines in an lcd or led screens or you know oled and so they can't work on the same principle as the old light guns if you want to play old light guns and games You'd have to play them on a CRT TV that has scan lines, so but that's 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 kind of interesting. Yeah, I am interested to see is what type of hardware well, they're I just going want them to, to bring back. Like, it. how's that always had the best light gun games or best light guns for arcades? Mm -hmm. They had the shotgun and the submachine gun. They kept adding or changing, I guess, which gun you were using in the game. And I, yeah, I have very fond memories, and it's it's nerdy as hell. But the shotgun one had an actual manual like pump action to it, that I just thought was yep. fucking cool. Yeah, mm. of course, my favorite light gun type game is not even a gun; it's with a whip. It's the Castlevania light gun oh, style of game. It is. It's just wild, but also that that's yeah, I've played lots of light gun games. Time Crisis. We, yeah, we I like Time Crisis because of the pedal. Yeah, I just like the ability to hide. Yeah. I just think that's that's kind of cool. The house the you know, instead of just instead of you know, what do you think about other light gun games? You're just standing there firing, yep. but not even caring about. Yeah, just shoot me in the face. I'm not even going to attempt to What's dodge anything. I'm gonna or stand here and shoot down this hallway, and then what? I'm a reload, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll do it down the next hallway. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> That or the Anyways. Uzi one you shook to reload. Either one of those I'll be happy with. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty cool too. Like, oh, it's like dropping but, a mag. No, not at all, but okay. Mm. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> it's a 
it's cool though <laughs> now that we've cleansed your palate some let's get back to the not so great shit uh ea mm, Hold another ea. ea um it's in the game uh, literally behind a paywall it's so uh, <laughs> because we don't seem to be able to go a full month without an ea scandal of some kind typically a boneheaded one uh, yeah, FIFA, one of EA, I think EA's biggest moneymaker at this point in time, had a bit mm-hmm. of a security oh, yeah. problem where if you went to the FIFA website to fill out your player information, it very frequently had previous or other players already signed up's information. Ergo, the site wasn't kind of clearing its caches, I guess is the correct version of that. But approximately 16,000 people who registered for the upcoming FIFA 20 Global Series eSport tournament got their information shown to other people. Well done! Yeah. It's nothing Who's... super damning, like I don't think social security numbers, whatever the equivalent of that would be, but it was like names, addresses, emails, phone numbers. Yeah, which is not No, good. not at all. If we know anything about esports and sports in general, it's like uh, that's not good, that's super not good, everybody got doxxed. It's not yeah, dogs, is it is it yeah. Fallout seventy six level of account information exposed? We or totally we talking... fucking forgot to talk about the fact that Fallout seventy six put out helmets that were then deemed to be too dangerous to put on. Oh yeah, oh, so they, I, had, they had to black mold or something like that, to right? Talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that was like two so, weeks ago. Really quick on that one. It, 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 I think it was, uh, I was watching a thing by, I think it's uh, Jim Sterling on it or something. Sure, Jim oh yeah, Jim Sterling. So he talked about how it actually wasn't made by uh, Bethesda. It was a company that got a contract to do it, but they were separate. They were helmets exclusive to the GameStop store. So if you bought mm. a Fallout 76 helmet from GameStop, there's a very good chance there's mold in there. Um, if it's the one that came with the power armor edition, you're fine. Oh no, that's that one that's, is not moldy. That's what made it worse. Like that—that that was the fact. It's like no, no. This is something people bought after the fact. They're like, yeah, Fallout seventy six is living up to what I thought that game would be. I'm gonna support Bethesda some more by buying these cool <laughs> helmets. Oh god, why are they poisoning me? Yeah. So it it it. it just so fitting, because that, ga- that game is fucking cursed, Apparently, I think, at this point. It is cursed. One of the developers pissed off somebody in the real world, and they cast a spell on them, and now everything they work on is fucking tainted. I think they- Todd Howard pissed off someone, I is my is guess. I think this is more a fan used a monkey paw to wish, though, not wish, to wish for a multiplayer Fallout game, and this is what we got. This is very <laughs> monkey's paw. Yeah. That is true. Yep. That is a that is a great analogy. I like that <laughs> one. But yes, uh, that helmet thing was a whole nother mess. Oh, yeah. But yeah, is it is it Fallout seventy six level of information exposed, or is it like uh, E three exposing more... all the journalist information? E three one's worse than yeah. Fallout seventy six, dude, because the people exposed are different. Um, That's what I'm saying, though. Is it is it <sighs> Fallout seventy six or is it E three level? I'd say it's worse well, than Fallout. It, it's it's less than the Fallout 76 exposure there, because those also have to remember that. Like, it's it's more, this is information you don't want out there publicly. It's not like, this yeah, is not the starter Like, addresses, names, and stuff like that. Phone numbers. Yeah. This yeah, is stuff you I can mean, harass that's... people with, but not like Jimmy's yes. home kit to mm. jack someone's credit card numbers. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, not to, that's not to downplay the aspect of this just shouldn't happen, 
period. Yeah. Like, just saying. That's the kind of thing you don't want at all. Um, where to go from here? Let's talk about loot boxes. And to talk about loot boxes again, we're going to talk about this from two very different angles. We're going to talk about Rocket League's approach to, I guess, adapting to new UK loot box rules, and then Steam's solution to adapting to UK loot box rules, and how they both kind of accomplish the same idea, but in very different and very, I guess, kind of conscious-wise separate ways. So, yeah, let's, let's outline these quickly. Uh, the Rocket League's one's pretty simple. Rather than doing loot boxes, you will have access to uh, what's the right word? Uh, blueprints. That's what I was looking for. And there's kind of a rarity. Like the blueprint will say, "Here's what you're getting," and there's a rarity aspect to what you get out of that. Correct? Like I, didn't, you're the one. Yeah. There's yeah. Essentially, some of them have special attributes, yeah. and so it shows exactly what you can create from that blueprint. And yeah, and so they there's also put in a system so they can't be uh, traded. So there's no real world value for resell. Yeah. So they can't be traded around. So that's also this is this is a good thing. You know, they're you know they want something to be available for people to buy extra stuff because they want to still monetize one way or another. But in this case, they're like, here you can get it here. You know exactly what you're going yeah. to get. These will drop at and the end of matches. It, you'll get this thing, and it's it's still a random esque aspect to it, but not. It's the destiny grind. You know what you got when you got it, but it's one of those ones where it's like, but it might be a better or worse version. Yep. So you know what? That's a that's a fine approach. You know what? I'm I'm cool with that. Honestly, I mean, it's no longer a loot box. Yeah. I mean, if you know exactly what you're getting, it's not really a loot box. There's rarities still. Now it's just more like a typical drop you'd get from any MMO, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think you that's know, actually... chance of something... You've hit on the most important aspect of it. Like, I don't think anyone's objecting to the thrill of randomness. It's the predatory aspect that randomness can be used towards. Yeah. So now it's like, you know, like, you know, when you, you know, play WoW and you do a raid, it's like you have a chance for certain things to drop. Yeah, but it's like you don't have to. They're not in a blind box though that you have to pay for, and then you don't even know. Any, yeah, so it's a completely different idea. Yeah, the 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 idea that I think like like I've always said like, okay, so I've said it a few times before, but like my big issue, and just like Charlie said, is it the loot box itself? It's the predatory mm -hmm. practices behind the loot box. Absolutely. And also hiding. Especially with full AAA title games where you're paying a full 60 bucks for a game and yeah. then having to pay. Like, for example, can you imagine in WoW if, and it's probably going to be a weird example, but like you do a raid, you mm -hmm. play the raid, the gear drops, but you can't open the box the gear came in unless you pay for a key to unlock it. Yeah. That would be like the what the fuck, man, kind of thing. Mm hmm. But yeah, like. Well, okay, so. <laughs> That's actually a great jumping off point, because do you know how the CSGO loot boxes work? No, I'm curious. Okay, so this is a... Let's give you a little back history. The ways... Um, they're kind of like the uh, Team Fortress 2 loot boxes, where you have to pay fucking money for keys to unlock these boxes. Yeah. So, the new loot uh, CSGO X-Ray is you now can put a loot box in a imaginary X-Ray machine. It will reveal what was in the box. 
And you can then choose to either open that box with a key or not because you know what's inside of it. There's mm-hmm. a catch. You can't use the x-ray machine again until you've opened the box you x-rayed. Which, that's garbage. That's just more suspense, because then now you're like, now they're they're playing on FOMO and regret on top of Oh, that. beyond, yep. you're missing the more sinister aspect. That means if you get a box you don't like, and you, got, you, you, you do the x-ray and you don't like what's inside of it, you still have to open it if you want to ever use the x-ray again. Yeah. So they've locked the x-ray ability into, yeah, it's, it's now behind, I mean, now you have to pay, essentially, to use the x-ray scanner again. So that's what they've locked you into. You, How that's is, what, it, what the fuck? This, so, I, don't, I don't think this is going to fly. This I think is, this is, this is going to get stuck in, like, I think the French regulators, this is where it's happening in France, the French regulators are going to be like, that's still a loot box. That's that's still predatory. That's still gambling. Mm, no, I I hope this gets caught up in litigation. I hope the government, you know, or in not in litigation, but well, it's so. The and, and here's the part I find in, confusing. I don't. So I, I assume there's some type of trading system in Counter Strike. I don't know how that one works. But like, is mm-hmm. there a way to get rid of that loot box if you don't ever want to open it, or just to, to, to sit there in that's your X-ray machine forever if you never open it? Can't yeah? Can you delete? No, the it box? sounds like you're. No, it sounds like you're stuck yeah. with it. You're you're just stuck with the item, this item you don't want, with the X-ray machine permanently attached to it until you pay money to use the X-ray yeah. machine again. That's garbage. See, way to be garbage, Valve. I think you meant Epic Store there, Henry. Oh uh, no, no, you you spoke correctly. This is the Valve Steam Store. This well, is this is stupid. Counter Strike is a Valve is yeah, a Valve I was game. A joke, man. Yes, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, oh, I know. Yeah. This okay. So Valve thought this was a good idea. This is their solution. Like, this is their. <sighs> this is their word. So we all know this was coming. The moment the crackdown on loot boxes began, this should surprise no one. The people immediately were like, "How do we skirt this?" and this will this will get us around it for sure. Yeah, this is fucking dumb. Yeah, oh, this is, is what this is. This is in some ways, in my opinion, worse than just straight up random loot boxes. Like, yeah, it's just it's another layer of random loot boxes. But now you're basically cashing in on that FOMO slash regret mechanic of human emotion. So I think the worst part is the fact that you ha- now have the ability to know what's in something and like. We've all done games with loot boxes. You get a bad box, you open it, and you're like, oh, fuck it, whatever. You now have to know that that box is going to be shit, and you can't use the x-ray thing until you cough up money to unlock that box. That is so much worse than just opening up a box and getting bad loot, because it's the, you've made the choice at that point to open up the shit box. Yeah. So it's forcing you into a you know, a buy you don't want just so you can use yeah. it again. That's, Which means you're now, like, if, if this was me, you'd use it once until you got a, something like, I don't want to open that, and then you're just right back to loot boxes, where it's like, fuck it, I, I know I don't want this, and my brain would play some mental gymnastics to be like, well, okay, I know this is in that box, which means these boxes that I haven't kind of put the x-ray machine, 
might have anything else. And am I willing to risk getting that bullshit? Like, imagine putting something in the XREF machine and having something show up and then opening a box blind and getting what the fuck was in the Xbox, the X X-ray machine thing that you deliberately didn't choose to open. Like, how much would that piss you off? Because that would piss me yeah. the fuck off. Yeah. Because it's not like things removed from the loot pool. It's just they're going, hey, you're yep. guaranteed to get this. I think this whole thing can be summed up with epic bad. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Bottom text. Absolutely. That's the moral we should take yep. away from this. Ah, <sighs> oh, damn it. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So well, let's do a little palate cleanser. Let's bring you back up before we kind of bring you back down, I guess. Um, PS4 crossplay is now officially out of beta. It's coming to things, which is awesome. That's very cool. And. I mean, it's already kind of been possible, but now it's out of yeah. beta, which means that it's for the now all the developers can utilize that it's technology. A free so for all, if you will. Yep. Yeah. Super cool. Or was kind of on a case by case basis previously. It's now, fuck yeah! If you want to do this, you can do that. Which means I expect to see that in Destiny real fucking soon, because they have talked and... about that on numerous occasions. Yep. But also, I don't mind the cross save. So fuck it. There's. Um, next up, we have some news from Sony. There were some departures, neither of them necessarily negative, but both of them kind of surprising seems to be the right uh, word for it, right? Like, no, there's nothing bad around either of these, unless I missed some part of these stories. Yeah, they, they are, there doesn't, it doesn't seem to be surrounded by bad news or bad reason why this is happening. All right, so one of them is the, uh, all right, they're both with Sony Interactive Entertainment, so this is you know with their you know with their developer you know their technology game technology stuff. So um, the 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 Asia Japan and Asia chief Atsushi Morita has retired from. He's just you know, so he's he's, he's done. Been with Sony <laughs> he's for with, sixty years apparently. Like nothing suspicious there. Like dude's just like I'm no, old. He retired. He. No, he was there. Uh, no, he was. He he's sixty oh, years sorry, old. Yes. No, sorry, he is sixty. Um, but yeah, he's retired, and so okay, that's pretty normal. I mean, that's the thing. But I hope to retire you know, when I get sixty. I won't be able to, but I hope it, to be able to. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> it's okay, Henry. I'll make sure I have a garage you could live in. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yep. So the other one is, and this one's more so. This one was more well weird. known. Okay, so the so Sean Layden, so he's departing Sony Act Interactive Entertainment as well. And you may not and, know, you may not know, you know Sean Layden. Sean Layden has run most of the um, PSXs or what are they called? The the, the PlayStation Live shows. Uh, yes, yeah. he's got. So mm -hmm. he's been very. Face of the he's company in a the lot face of ways. Of the gaming part of the company. That's the like, that's where I know yeah. from. Like he's the guy that cares about bullshit, like the Spyro remake and the medieval yeah. remake. Like he's the guy running shows and out there being like, "Yo, we got games, bitches." So is he kind of like the Reggie of Sony? If you I wouldn't will? go that far because it's not, he's not. I don't know. Like he's Reggie esque, I guess. Where it's. Yeah. If someone's going to say something semi-inflammatory, like, my body is ready, it was typically Sean Layden kind of thing. Like, he was the hype man out there saying slightly yeah. ridiculous stuff. Like, I, 
uh, to, to cite a very insight, specific incident, kind of like the E3 where Sony got out there and just bitch slapped Microsoft on the how do you share games. Sean yes. Layton yes. dropped the mic while walking off that stage instead of the guy that actually did it kind of thing. Like, he'd have been like, bitches, yeah. we out. Yeah. I, 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 I think the one thing I recognized Sean Layden from was when they announced Marvel's Capcom Infinite. Yeah. Uh, and he was out there, and I think he had like a cough, but he was super like stoked to tell people about uh, Marvel's Capcom Infinite. Yeah. And he's like, oh, by the way, today, Marvel's Capcom 3, or Ultimate Marvel's Capcom 3 is available in the, in the PlayStation Store now for PS4. Yeah. And like the crowd reaction to people losing their shit yep. because Marvel got released. But yeah, that's where I, I first remember seeing him. But yeah. It's a shame that he's uh that they that he's heading out, you know. It's so, and I think it's Ooh. one of those ones where it's. Hold on, uh, I got I got an additional update okay. on this, so um, so I'm I'm just gonna throw this in here. Uh, apparently, all right. So this is just reports saying that uh, essentially there might have been some troubles and reasons why he's huh, leaving. Like what? Um. So, all right. Uh, apparently, there's a uh, some sort of shakeup going on and transitional upheave, and something maybe having to do with the PlayStation Five coming up, possibly an internal power struggle. So, and that's the thing. Like, that's the running theory right now is that the company has restructured yeah. pretty aggressively lately, and there's not a lot of yeah. like this. Gonna sound horrible. Like older people above Sean Layden at this point. So. There's maybe an argument yeah. to be made that Sean Layden kind of run, has run out of ways to progress within Sony, and it's time to go elsewhere. Yeah. Like that, that's I think that, that that's not suspicious. I guess that's a normal kind of business no. guy move at that point. Yeah, like it's yeah, like things are like video games are moving in a weird direction. Like we have the services stuff popping up. There's more like we're, we're moving away from E3. Like just kind of the stuff you'd want a Layden for necessarily is becoming less and less important in the grand scheme of things. I'm not saying Sean Layden doesn't have the skills to be important, but Sony maybe doesn't need someone as high-ranking as him to do those jobs, and there are plenty of other companies out there, I'm sure, that would benefit from some of Layden's experience, kind of, in, in being that spokesperson for, a, a public-facing spokesperson. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, I got... I, I, the best exact recent thing you may know him from was He's the guy that was out there explaining why Sony wasn't bothering with E3 this year. Yep. He's he's that guy. He is a guy you use in those instances, and like, if Sony never goes back to E3, you maybe don't need a Layden anymore kind of thing. Like, it sucks to say that, but like, when a guy that's so part of the face of the company no longer, like, you're, you're losing chances for him to be the face of your company... Like and you, you have other mm -hmm. people that are kind of on that, that equal level of presentational comfort. It's just time to look elsewhere, kind of thing. But yeah, we wish him the best. I, it's I've enjoyed his press conferences, which is a weird sentence to say. <laughs> I've enjoyed corporate ease. All right, last but not least on this week comes a kind of this does not affect anyone on this podcast directly, but it's kind of a cool video games as culture moment, if you will. The the Australia, uh, sorry, the Sound Archive of Australia will now be archiving video games. Uh, does the Sound Archive just archive, I guess, the video game aspects of it, or is it full-on media? So, if, um, well, National I mean, Film and film Sound, and sorry, so that answers my question yeah. off the bat. Like, it's, we, we have preservation for video games in Australia now, people. 
Yeah, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's it'd be the equivalent for the U.S. like the Library of Congress doing the same. Which aren't they doing? I don't that? know if we're doing. We're doing tweets. I don't remember. But, we have a couple um, independent kind of archive things happening. Yeah. But yeah, this is yeah the National Film and Sound Archive of Australia is a government entity, entity. So that's notable. And so yeah, I think that's interesting. Oh, I want to. I just want to throw this in because in Sega news, Sonic's going to Jupiter's moon. Uh, had to find a way to slip that in, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> just just, just finally send that sending on. Sonic where he belongs to die in outer away space, away from us. Away, far, yep. far away from us on away a frozen from, moon. As far away from DeviantArt as we can conceivably get to right now. But, yeah. <laughs> essentially, yeah, yeah, essentially he's going to be the mascot for one of the one of the mission's principal tests. A radio and plasma wave investigation. And Sega gave their blessing to it. They're like, yeah, go ahead, use, use Sonic for that. So, that's cool. Okay, let's play, let's play, pick, let's play a quick game. If you were going to pick an IP mascot to assign to kind of spacefaring stuff, who would you pick? Because I fucking wouldn't pick Sonic for that. Like, Crash Bandicoot is obviously the guy you want painted on the side of a rocket. <sighs> I, I'm not sure if you want Crash and Rocket associated I do. together. Ooh. That's yeah. Good. That's a good call. Uh, mm. <laughs> fine, Dr. Um, Robotnik. Oh, yeah, actually, that's that works Sonic's a little better. Sonic's villains are a better fit to be on the side of a rocket <laughs> than fucking Sonic. Yeah. I, I would also be down with Dr. Light or Mega Man. Yeah. 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 Or, or hear me out, Super Mario. No, he doesn't belong in space. Nah. There's no plumbing to do in space. <laughs> Bowser on the other hand, out there, dude belongs on a rocket ship, but fucking Mario, Bowser, nah. <laughs> or Troopa. or or or, hear me out on this one. Ready? Elton John dressed up as Super Mario. No, just fucking put Elton uh, John at that point. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're just gonna go all in <laughs> with that one, just put Elton John Rocket Man on there. Or or, Elton John. Standing next to William Shatner while they duet Rocket Man. Sure. <sighs> I feel like I'm just living out Rocket Man fantasy. Yeah, I thought, are we just taping any. like Shatner, Elton John, and uh, the guy who played Picard, and like half the cast of Lost in Space the side of a rocket now? Because that could be fun yeah. too, I yes. guess. <laughs> yes. Let's no. fucking duct That's tape a bunch cool, of celebrities to a rocket. Yeah. Yeah, uh, on the list of things you probably don't want to put on the side of the rocket, um, it could have something a reference to dead space. Ooh! So every rocket weird... from now on should be named the Isaac Clark. <laughs> <laughs> we, every rocket that goes out should also just have "Moon's Haunted" written on the side. Yeah, yeah. The moon's haunted. Moon's haunted. Moon's haunted. Charlie's the Moon Haunted? Stupid haunted! <laughs> it's so haunted, there's ghosts on ghosts on ghosts. It's like a fucking Russian nesting doll of ghosts on that moon. You kill one ghost and two pop, they're like, we're here, fuckers! You're like, man, these ghosts! <laughs> oh, thank you, Destiny, for all the fun. 
where Callus was dummy thick. The moon is <laughs> stupid haunted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, Destiny community. It's not just haunted, it's stupid haunted. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we're gonna put the ghosts from the moon on the rocket to shoot at the moon at the other moon. <laughs> this moon's not haunted enough. Yeah, we got we gotta spread out the haunting a little bit. Maybe it's too clustered, so let's let's make sure more of our solar system is stupidly haunted. Dude, if NASA got out there and was like, okay, we know you all wanna go to other planets, but um the other planets are haunted. That's why we're not going there. I'd be like, tell me more of these space ghosts. This is a legit reason not to go to Mars, but tell me more. Yeah, Mars is thick with ghosts. Okay. What type of ghosts? Yeah, what we, th Mars what we first thought were clouds and stuff in the atmosphere. Turns out it's just shit tons of ghosts. All that ice we keep finding is actually proof of the presence of ghosts. Because as we all know, based yep. on supernatural laws, ice happens around ghosts. Yep. You stir the back. What type of ghosts are on Mars? Mars ghosts! Don't ask dumb questions. <laughs> and what type of ghosts are on Jupiter? Jupiter ghosts? Duh! Yep. Yeah. yeah. Every planet's <laughs> haunted except Earth. North is also haunted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it turns out we this the planet that supports life is actually the least haunted of the planets. We all know based on ghost rules, you get pulled away from your source of origin slowly to other places that are not full of ghosts, because ghosts at horror vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love this. I, I want NASA to be like, actually, we aren't astronauts, we're ghostbusters, and be like, what? what? Yeah, we've been going to the moon to stop the ghosts there, we're going to Mars next. Yep. Yeah, every ship is actually every rocket's been named the Ecto whatever. <laughs> we know we give Their them fun names, names, but actually, yeah. uh, I just love that Moon's Haunted wasn't just some bad joke Bungie made. It actually was. Like, it makes me so happy that they're like, no, no, you were lying about how haunted things were. You downplayed how fucking haunted the moons were, you fuckers. <laughs> I expected ghosts, not this many. <laughs> I was promised a We thought there was <laughs> I was promised a haunting. This is beyond a haunting. <laughs> this is a clutch of ghosts. Good god. Alright, enough about the moon being haunted, because I can go on like this for <laughs> fucking ever. <laughs> I'm in full blown destiny fan mode right now. Uh, we have no emails this week, but if you wanted to contact us, how would you go about doing that? Uh, let's see. If you pull up your email client, and in the two column, you simply fill in wickedawesomecast at gmail.com, then uh, you would be able to reach us. What's that email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. We have no emails this week because three people wrote in the email just moons haunted. And while I super enjoyed that, I will not give you credit for it. Fuck that. Give them credit. We've been, spe we've been saying that all fucking day. Fair enough. The, the, those amazing. of you that wrote in like, hey, Charlie, you know the moon's haunted, right? Yeah, I know. I've been. It's fucking haunted. You're absolutely right. <sighs>
fans are fun. Thank you, those who wrote in for Thank that. you. Thank you, thank you for reminding yep. us. You all are <laughs> monsters, and I love it. <laughs> that does it for this week. Um, anyone want to talk about anything before we get the hell out of here? Mm, no, I don't have anything other than, like, uh, more Destiny 2 in the future. Yeah, definitely that. It is my favorite month. I, I love Halloween. Halloween is blatantly my favorite holiday, so I'm super happy. I'll be working on costumes. I might actually, if I can think of a good idea for a costume, which I haven't yet, I'll likely end up streaming making it. So okay. Oh. That, so I might be doing that. That'll be on twitch.tv slash nomadhar. You can do that now because Twitch is like, fuck it, anything you want to stream will do it. Just not porn. Yep. But maybe porn. Yep. yep. <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, but I haven't quite come up with a good idea for a costume yet. Because it's also going to double as a costume for the next uh, anime convention gotcha. I go to. You don't get married in October. Turns out you like, it's like, oh, right. Halloween's like two weeks after my wedding. Fuck Halloween <laughs> this year. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't exist. Halloween is canceled. <laughs> No. I'm just walking around slapping by, uh, bags out of kids' heads. Didn't you hear Halloween was fucking cancelled? Shut your bullshit up! <laughs> Tricker nothing. Tricker, get the fuck get off nothing. my lawn, kid! Oh, you brought me candy? Thanks! <laughs> I saw someone do that once. I could you not mugging a kid? I... I, when I was younger, I saw a kid go up to a door and knock on the door to the trigger, and the, tent, the person just grabbed the kid's candy and shut the door in the kid's face. I'm <laughs> like, holy shit! <laughs> I was a teenager by the time so I was out caution mischief. I'm like, that's hardcore! Yeah. I respect that grumpy old man. I'm gonna do that someday. I'm like 80. Trick or treat. <laughs> Alright. I've got nothing else to say. Who wants to close it out this week? Cue the metal. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>